Happy NFL Draft Day, Syracuse fans. This is the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Tyler Rocky and Tim Leonard, we've got you every single day, the only place on the podcast market where you can get fresh daily SU podcasts. Okay, so Tim, we'll wrap up our NFL preview draft prospects later on in the show. We've got Alton Robinson to hit on, and that'll get us through the four prospects. But we've got some hoops to talk about today because recruiting news is once again the the name of the game for Syracuse basketball. Dior Johnson is making a move, and we'll, we'll dive into that. That may have scared some people. Did I scare people? I don't know. Did I? <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see. But um, So we'll talk Dior Johnson in just a second. Also, Bayheim's Army adds a new player, so we'll break down all of that. Check out the show on Twitter, at LO underscore Syracuse as well. Okay. So Dior Johnson, hopefully you, you've he's still you going recovered to from the little yeah he's now. still <laughs> going to Syracuse as of now. However, he is transferring high schools and is going to go play at the prestigious Oak Hill Academy, the same place that's produced a couple of Syracuse players in recent. I guess not necessarily recent history, but you look at Carmel Anthony, he's a Cuse guy from there. Eric Devendorf played there as well, but. I think it's interesting with Oak Hill because we're starting to see the prep school really emerge out of, I mean, you're seeing all these different ones pop up. It's become a real market now. And Oak Hill has, I won't say lost its luster because it's still producing plenty of players, but I feel like you don't hear their name as much. It doesn't mean they're not winning or something of that nature, but you hear IMG, Lalumere, um, Prolific Prep. Uh, yeah. All these places are popping up now that Oak Hill is just kind of another one of them. But, I mean, when you look at track record, Oak Hill is the place to be. I mean, you look at the best of the best. You're talking about Carmelo Anthony, who we mentioned. KD played here as well. So you're look at Rajon Rondo, Jerry Stackhouse for all the old timers out there as well. I mean, there are names on names on names that have come out of this place. Now, the one thing I would caution is that there have also been some guys who have bypassed the college route that have come out of here. You look at Brandon Jennings, a guy who went to Oak Hill and then ended up going and playing overseas in Italy before going into the NBA draft. So there is that sort of history to it as well. But it's going to be interesting because this is, again, the best of the best. And and they do a really good job at producing point guards as well. Yeah, I mean, I think overall this is good news because not only does Syracuse have a good track record of once someone goes to Oak Hill, they seem to be pretty successful. Obviously, Melo, but Eric Devendorf, Billy Edelin, I didn't know by Musakita played there. I guess I did, but you kind of forget. That was kind of a weird one going back through. But And then the other one is Deshaun Wright to kind of round out the Syracuse players mm-hmm. that have played at Oak Hill. And you touched on Rondo. I think the point guard position in particular feels like it has had kind of a storied legacy, really, in the high school ranks at Oak Hill. You got guys that went to Duke like Quinn Cook and Nolan Smith. You got Ty Lawson who went to UNC. You mentioned Brandon Jennings. Hopefully our guy Dior does not follow in his footsteps entirely and go play overseas and skip out on the college ranks. But point guard has been a pretty good spot. Marcus Williams is another one that went there, the 04 national champion at UConn. 
didn't have a completely noteworthy NBA career, but we're talking about college here. And, you know, when I saw the news about Dior to Oak Hill, I was kind of like, oh, that's just kind of cool because we'll probably get to watch him a little bit more. And he's right, in the limelight. Right, they're always on ESPN, yeah. Yeah, and maybe Oak Hill isn't what it used to be necessarily because there are these, and honestly, a lot of those schools are coming from where Dior is leaving in the California area. I feel like with Lonzo Ball in those ranks and LeBron's kid and, well, Dwayne Wade's kid is also making a change. We can talk about that a little bit. He's going to Brewster yep. Academy, mm-hmm. which is right. kind of a Another theater Syracuse school. Pipeline, yeah. yeah, so maybe that's uh, a guy that Syracuse will look after now. They obviously have a relationship with that coaching staff, and they have a relationship with Steve Smith, the coach here at Oak Hill, who's been there forever. They do a good job developing players, and maybe more than anything for a Syracuse fan, it's you're going to get to see Dior a little bit more, and he's going to be in the limelight a little bit more. Maybe his ranking will go up, and it'll just give Syracuse even a little bit more prestige for getting him. Also worth noting, too, Oak Hill did have the number one point guard in the nation last year yeah. with Cole Anthony. So that's, again, just another name to add to the point guard pipeline there. And I think this can really pay dividends. And the I think the important thing that you brought up there is the TV time. You're going to see a lot of Dior Johnson. This could be the guy that brings Oak Hill back all the way to the top. They, they've, I won't say struggled, but, I mean, you're talking about a team who it seemed like every single year was was winning a national championship. They The last one they won was 2016. And I think part of it is the fact that there's all these schools now. I mean, I, one of the big names that I left off on my list earlier was Montbert Academy. Yeah, Which has really, really burst onto the scene lately. But, I mean, Dior can really pull this program up and I mean you saw the athletic put out their top 40 regardless of class and what was Dior 13 on that list so yeah. he he's certainly going to be joining a number of talented players when he goes to Oak Hill Academy again they haven't fallen off no. it's just there's an <laughs> there's a much a much deeper market now so plenty of options for him to choose from he chooses Oak Hill which is a good sign for Syracuse I, w- I won't say a good sign it doesn't really mean anything for Syracuse fans I guess yeah. he'll play some better competition but I do think he'll if anything he'll go up in the rankings now I can't see him going to Oak Hill yeah. and falling back now yeah that's really why you know, transfer to these prep schools yeah I don't know why you would I mean for him he probably cares about his ranking for a Syracuse fan we just care about if he's coming and then how he does when he actually comes the rankings are cool though to maybe advertise that he's a top three top four guy because i think he could get to that sort of status now yeah no doubt all right when we come back Bayheim's army has added another member and it's another surprising one to both tim and i will explain who it is and how he fits next The basketball tournament scheduled for this summer at least for now it's scheduled for this summer we'll see how everything shakes out but Bayheim's Army putting together a nice little roster so far. We've seen Eric Dievendorf, the first member added to the squad. That was followed up by Tyler Lydon, who came as a bit of a su- surprise to both you and I, Tim. And now the team is picking up yet another member of that 2016 Final Four team with right. Malachi Richardson joining the fold. So I thought that was a very interesting name. I was a little bit surprised. I think Malachi... I mean, he was in that whole G League 
and was going back and forth between there and the NBA. So he's not too far removed from playing NBA games, and now he's ending up in TBT, which is good for the TBT and great for Bayheim's army. Yeah, I mean, I thought Tyler Lydon was surprising. I think Malachi might be even more surprising and even more of an addition to this team. I will say, I kind of hope that they figure out a way to play with this roster they've constructed here, whether it's in the summer or they push it back. The tough thing about that, though, is so much of TBT's revenue comes from ESPN, and so much of the appeal for ESPN is... They have nothing else to show during the time when TBT is, and that's why they were broadcasting their games. Now, you'd have to think once TBT is allowed to play, ESPN's going to have nothing but games to show because all these leagues are going to try and come back as soon as possible. So I don't really know when Bayheim's Army is going to use this roster, if they yeah. will, but I think it's still kind of cool to sort of see the seeds being planted here. And I will say... These three names, Eric Devendorf, Tyler White, and Malachi Richardson, we kind of knew Devo was coming again, but he's sneaky been one of the best players in this thing, maybe the best player. And then you add in two guys that have not played TBT before, two guys that basically were NBA players last year. Richardson was just waived in February last year after he was traded to the 76ers, spent some time with the Kings and the Raptors, started his career with the Kings, of course, after being a first-round pick. So two first round picks in the past four or five years or less i mean this has to be the best start to a roster Bayheim's army has had and already on pace to be its best roster yeah and it would really be a shame if they didn't play this year again right. health comes first but uh, this is looking to be a, a very very strong team and certainly one that can compete for the grand prize in case you've lost touch with malachi richardson because i feel like he has kind of dipped off the face of the earth i mean for me i had no idea he went overseas so yeah to i I ended up looking up some of his stats he's played pretty well over there against some solid competition in both israel and italy average double figures in both spots and i mean he played when he was in israel against denny avija who's considered one of the top prospects in this upcoming nba draft so he's playing against very good competition and I mean, this was a guy who averaged at one point 20 points per game in the G League, and he can still score the basketball. And TBT, if you can get hot like Malachi Richardson did in that NCAA tournament, you need a guy like that who can really pick up the offense when you start lacking at times. And I think Malachi Richardson is the absolute perfect thing yeah. for this roster. On top of that, too. What's one thing that's really hard with these TBT teams? It's building chemistry with the guys on the floor because it's different generations, different yeah. group of players. Mm-hmm. Well, Lydon and Richardson have played together, at least for one season, and they practice together a lot. And you got a imagine... longer season, too, for them since right. they had the extended run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. I mean, that, that part sounds promising. Maybe you put them together on the floor, and when they're together on the floor at the same time, I'd say that's about as good of a one-two punch as anyone's going to put out on the floor for TBT. And it's worth noting right now, we haven't heard anything in regards to COVID-19 for TBT. The Syracuse Regional is scheduled for July 31st to August 2nd, that weekend. So SU would, I shouldn't say SU, I guess, Bayheim's Army would host at the OCC again and it got a great turnout last year I think it's one of the best regionals in terms of fan support so I would imagine they will 
obviously continue to play there in the future. We just don't know if they're going to play this year. But at some point, maybe they will play with this roster. And I think Syracuse, Bayheim's Army, again, I'm mixing words, but I think they have maybe underachieved a little bit relative to the talent we know they're putting together. So it seems like they're sort of throwing some chips on the table this go around. And Kevin Belby, who's the GM, of course, is acquiring some pretty big names to maybe give this thing a real go and try and win the thing. I will say the one concern I have so far with the roster is when you look at especially some of the overseas teams, when you look at a team like Overseas Elite, I mean, they're the best of the best from overseas. They're all playing a lot of games. My one concern with the three guys on the roster is they haven't played a lot of games, a lot of real-life games. I mean, for Devendorf, TBT is about it so far. Tyler Lydon's battled the injuries. He hasn't seen a lot of real-game action. Yeah. Malachi Richardson has bounced around, has not seen a ton of real-game action. And injuries, uh, it's not too, that they, for him. Right. It's not that they're not practicing or playing. It's just they don't have that in-game experience that maybe some of these other teams might have. Again, I don't know what other teams' roster construction looks like right now, but that's my main takeaway from what I've seen so far from what Kevin Belby's put together. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And obviously the key here is finding guys in shape. So Dorf has been great. I'm not really going to question him based on what he's put out each year in this thing. And it seems like Lydon and Richardson have as good of a reason to stay in shape as anyone because they're trying to make it back to the NBA. And also, not to completely gloss over the individual side of this thing, but you hope that Tyler Lydon and Malachi Richardson get to play because this could be a springboard to get him back there. And for Tyler Lydon, he never really had a ton of time in the G League, and he has battled injuries. And I do feel like an NBA team would be willing to pick him up in particular if he does prove himself in this TBT, if it does happen. And yeah. we have to keep saying if because that's the state of the world right now. But I like the roster they've constructed so far. Yep, I'm with you. All right, when we come back, we will talk about Alton Robinson and his prospects for today's start of the NFL draft. Probably won't get picked today. But he is definitely one of those names that will be selected and called throughout the weekend. That's coming up next on Locked on Syracuse. Final Syracuse draft prospect as we get you ready for tonight's NFL draft. Probably not going to see any orange players hear their name called today. Maybe not even tomorrow, but definitely we'll hear some Saturday Alton Robinson is today's prospect, and this is a guy who had a very interesting career. Went JUCO, again, he had some some issues. Originally was a four-star guy who was committed to Texas A&M, then ends up going JUCO because of some arrests and charges that, that came against him. But this is a guy who, his junior season with Syracuse, put together one of the better offense or rather defensive line seasons yeah. in in Syracuse history you look at the the double digit sacks he had 10 was a second team all ACC member but again some of those character issues come out when he gets suspended for the bowl game for a team violation so that's always Man, I forgot about one that. of the things that goes yeah that's always one of the weird things that that comes up around draft time you really dig through the old history books and 
it feels like people try to knock guys more than praise them at times. But yeah, I mean, Robinson was a guy that if he could have gone out after his his junior season and really put together a a very strong senior season, very comparable to what he did his junior year, we could be talking about him as a second round pick potentially. But he has dropped a little bit now, and according to Dane Brugler's The Beast, he's getting a fifth-round grade. Yeah. So I will say Sports Illustrated's guy, Kevin Hansen, pegged him as a third-round selection. So hopefully he falls more into Kevin Hansen's grade than Dane Brugler's, but maybe that means we should expect the fourth round. Going back to the start of the year and what you were saying earlier— his name did pop up on some second round, late first even, if I remember correctly. And he was a name that was being talked about in some NFL draft circles early on in the year. Guys like Mel Kuyper were talking about him. And I think the big thing with him is his length, being 6'4". You know yeah. that he has that reach and that explosiveness at the edge rusher position. Honestly, that may be what's holding back Kendall Coleman, as we touched on a little bit earlier on in the week. With Robinson, it's not so much does he have the pop, does he have the NFL body. It's going to be, like you said, the character stuff and the work ethic, I'd say, and can they get the best out of him. Now, Syracuse certainly got a good amount out of him. In his senior stats, it's almost a shame that they weren't as good because that's also just kind of a reflection on how the senior season went. I think as a team overall, right? It's yeah. it's harder to to put up numbers when your defense is out there getting run over the entire time. Like against Boston College, there wasn't many chances to sack the quarterback because BC knew they were going to run going in, and Syracuse just couldn't stop them. So they I think passed the ball like nine times and scored. 60 some odd points in that game inside the dome so that for example robinson's not going to get much of anything in terms of stats once it's a game like that and i think that happened far too often this year for syracuse for him to really have the type of statistical season that he had the year prior but i do think he's going to be drafted first for syracuse and he's got the best chance of sticking around given the history at edge rusher position for syracuse with guys like chandler jones and also just his overall talent, as you mentioned. It's, yeah, I mean, he's so good off the blocks. That's one of his big strengths is the first step, the quickness. But sometimes it's that bull rush that comes after that that sometimes evades him. So if he can get a little bit stronger and start to patch up some of those weaknesses there, that can certainly make him into uh, a, maybe a, a starter one day in the NFL. I mean, Brugler says right now projecting as a possible backup in, in the league but I mean when you're talking about a guy who once upon a time looked like he could be a, a top three round pick yeah the, those guys are starters so right. if he can get back and find that whatever he had his junior season then the conversation changes and we are looking at him as a guy who could make a real impact at the NFL level And we talk about this a lot with the NBA prospects and how it's situational based. I think for him, the biggest thing is going to be what type of culture does he enter? And I know I'm a Patriots fan, so this comes top of mind. And that's kind of the typical filler when you talk about culture. But if he went to the Patriots and that's a winning culture. Yeah. I mean, he, he would have the opportunity to 
maybe sharpen up his work ethic and the character stuff and maybe that's just what he needs and honestly I know he had the suspension for the bowl game and I kind of did forget about that a little bit but he did seem like he was trending that way anyway so I'm not overly skeptical about that stuff and we know he's a talent for Syracuse you hope he gets drafted as early as possible so you can promote that recruiting wise and you also hope Tristan Jackson gets drafted and maybe Kendall Coleman gets drafted. The last time they had three players drafted or more in one year was 2013. And you actually have to go back to 2014 to find the last time they had two players drafted, which is honestly kind of rough because, as we know, there's seven rounds yeah. in this thing. And that's a steep decline for a program that has had a lot of football history in the past and has produced its fair share of NFL talent, I'd say even still out there today with Chandler Jones and a couple other guys. I guess Chandler Jones is the main one, Riley Dixon. But anyway, it would be nice for... You'd consider that Robinson and Jackson, I think we can safely say, are probably both going to get drafted. So it'd be nice to get two guys on the board and two guys on the board before the seventh round. They have not had a pick before the seventh round in the past three years. Right. It'll it'll be interesting with Robinson because uh, the the pro day getting canceled always hurts these guys, and we've talked yeah. about this with a number of guys. The pro day is a time where you you can move, you can really get on some teams' radars. That doesn't happen because of everything going on in the world, but that's that's a way that I think Robinson could have really elevated himself, and he played in the the Senior Bowl this season. I think he sacked Jalen Hurts, if I remember correctly. And so he, he, he's shown it at every single level that he can compete. It's just a, a fact of can he keep it, can he keep everything level-headed between the ears? So we'll yeah. see how, how Robinson plays out. That's all coming up this weekend. Interesting time, fun time yeah, to I'm be excited. A, a sports fan as well. This is, yeah, we've got NFL draft and last dance. So today through Sunday, we are covered on wow. – things I can't to watch believe in the it. sports world how about that huh we can actually say fun time to be a sports fan and you're not <laughs> wrong i mean yeah. we haven't been able to say that in, in far too long it feels like and we probably won't be able to say it for a little while after this weekend so enjoy this weekend because i know i will usually i'm not a huge nfl draft guy or just a draft yeah, guy in general because they're so long it's like you don't need so tonight tonight Joe Burrow, I mean, how long is it going to take for Cincinnati to actually pick Joe Burrow? They've right. known they're taking Joe Burrow for how many months now? And right. I don't know, maybe the technology will speed things up. But this draft, I mean, take your time, all right? I, I'll keep my <laughs> eyes peeled for all however many hours that that there's programming on. So I agree. Yep, that Looking forward to that tonight and the rest of the weekend. All right, tomorrow on the show, we're going to get into some more football scheduling stuff. We did the over-unders earlier, but ESPN put out an article listing off the strength of schedule and Syracuse looking pretty favorable. So we'll tell you what was in that article, and also we'll go through our top five moments of the 2019-2020 seasons, all right? So that is coming up on tomorrow's show. For Tim, I'm Tyler. We will talk to you tomorrow.